What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. We got a fun show for you today. Big names are on the trade market. The Blazers have named a new play-by-play announcer. And there's some news about the Moda Center and fans attending games during the 2020-2021 season. We're going to touch on all that before we jump into it. I want to remind you all that the NBA draft is just a week away. And over on the Locked on NBA podcast, our network is mock drafting every first round pick. Your boy here played the role of Neil Olshay selecting for the Blazers, working the phones, turning down trades. You know the deal. So make sure you listen to that over there on the Locked on NBA podcast feed every day leading up to the draft to hear projections of each pick and expert analysis from Chad Ford, the Athletics John Hollinger, Sports Illustrated's Jeremy Wu. Check your feed to catch up if you missed any of the past shows so you don't miss a pick. And make sure you subscribe to Locked on NBA today wherever you already get podcasts. So as the NBA draft is nearing, trade season is also upon us here in the NBA. And there's some big old news. Two point guards in the trade chatter in the rumor mill. According to Shamstrania of The Athletic, Russell Westbrook wants out from Houston. Yes, Russell Westbrook of the three years and $125 million remaining on his contract wants to get traded, or at least reportedly wants to get traded according to one reporter. I mean, Shams has the juice, so there's no reason to believe that um, there isn't some some fire where there is that smoke. What does this mean for the Blazers? Uh, in addition, Shams Trania and Kelly Eco of The Athletic reported that James Harden is, quote, locked in. I love, they put the tweet, said locked in in quotes. Who, whether James Harden or his agent sent you the, the quote, locked in in your text messages. I don't think it was strong enough to put in quotes, but who am I? I'm not your tweet editor. I'm just a podcaster. In any case, I think it adds some texture to Houston's situation. It doesn't sound like they're going to tear it down to the studs and just like totally detonate a Western Conference playoff team. In fact, it sounds like maybe they'll try to move Russell Westbrook somewhere, explore his options. And by that, I mean they're going to just trade him to the Knicks, right? That's the most Knicks thing to do, be trade for Russell Westbrook at this stage of his career. Um, But it doesn't mean that they're going to totally tear it down, start over, long-term rebuild, yada, yada, yada. If If James Harden is... interested in being in Houston, they're going to be a playoff team. He's that good. Um, You might disagree because you're a Trailblazers fan, but James Harden is really good. And him alone is like a 45 win team, if not a little bit more. He's just, he's an offensive system unto himself. The playoffs are another story, but certainly he's been a monster during the regular season. There's no reason to think that whatever you get back in exchange for Russell Westbrook plus James Harden isn't a competitive playoff team, at least on the level with what the Trailblazers are working with. So you're not you're not moving a Western Conference playoff team out of there, but it is some unrest and it does maybe signal that the shifts we saw coming in Houston when D'Antoni quit right away and when Daryl Morey left and then immediately took another job and now that Russell Westbrook wants out that there are big, big changes coming. Uh, I talked about this when Daryl Morey left that I didn't think it would be this year. Sounds like it will be this year that Houston changes its parts, but I thought this is probably the last season that they're sort of a highly competitive team and that maybe ch- things change in the future. But Russell Westbrook isn't the only point guard who might be getting traded. Chris Paul. Also reportedly in trade talks, according to Brian Winhorst and Tim Bontemps of ESPN, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are headed for a rebuild, headed for a real teardown. They are a Western Conference playoff team that's looking to tear it down to the studs. It looks like 
OKC is at least discussing trading CP3 to the Phoenix Suns. My goodness, the Suns. You'll remember them from winning eight games in the bubble and finishing ninth and being extremely excited about it are about to add a Hall of Fame point guard, or not about to add, rather, are in discussions to find out if they're able to add a Hall of Fame point guard. What does this mean for the Blazers? Well, it might mean something. Here's a pipe dream for you. Mostly a pipe dream, but there's some logic to the pipe dream. John Gamadoro, who uh, is a radio guy in Phoenix who's incredibly plugged in with the Suns, always gets Sun stuff, really knows things. Uh, you know, follow your boy on Twitter, Gambo987. In any case, he reports that uh, OKC does not want multi-year contracts back. So that would be if the Bla- if the Blazers, if the Suns were going to match salary with uh CP3 and send out Rubio or Kelly Oubre so they could hold on to the Booker, Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre Ayton triumvirate, which has to be the deal in this situation. But you send out Oubre or Rubio, um, both really, you know, pretty darn good players, NBA starters, right? But uh, they're on multi-year deals. So uh, OKC doesn't want multi-year deals back. They don't want multi-year vets. They want young parts. They want picks. They don't want money. They want to get, they want to get immediately cheaper or have Uh, after this season and then keep it moving Uh, also Gambo reports that likely the 10th pick that's what the Suns have in this draft would be involved Um, OKC stockpiling picks they're building for the future they've got nice young parts Um, they're probably going to get bad for a little bit and then try to get good again they've never truly tanked they were just kind of I mean, they tanked when they were the Sonics, and then all of a sudden they drafted Russell Westbrook and moved to OKC. So they've they've never been in these parts, but it sounds like that's where they're headed. Hence, why Billy Donovan left. So how does that how does that connect to the Blazers? What does that mean for the Blazers? Like I said, OKC, a playoff team that's probably out of the picture this year intentionally. But but and here's the pipe dream for you: What if the Blazers were the third team to help facilitate this trade? Ah, okay. I'm not. No one has reported this, and I'm not saying that it's likely to happen. But what? If and what if, what if the Blazers sent Trevor Reza and his one year contract is expiring deal to OKC plus a young player like Anthony Simons and they got back Kelly Oubre for their troubles? Now, you might not like that trade, but I think it's pretty good. I like Kelly Oubre, I think I'm, I'm of the win now camp. I don't know if there's a win-now camp. I'm of, I'm of the mentality that the Blazers should take a big risk in order to be the best they can possibly be over the next two seasons. I'm not saying that Anthony Simons can't possibly factor in, but Kelly Oubre is a known quantity while Anthony Simons is a hope, and if that's the price of getting off Trevor Reese's contract and upgrading a dude who can play three and a four, who's a pretty competitive defender, who's a shooter, um, a multi-skilled wing, you do it. Now, I don't know how realistic this option is. I... Don't think Neil Olshay would do it, but so he might that might eliminate the whole conversation. But I think it's worth considering. This is how the Blazers the Blazers don't really have parts to um, make a big swing themselves. But if they could try to sneak back backdoor their way into a three team trade, um, this this would be really valuable. There is obviously a risk here that Amphrey Simons gives you the full Jermaine O'Neal treatment, and in two years he's the most improved player in the year, and then he makes six All Star teams, and you just you think, oh, what could have been. But I'm willing to take that risk in order to get a wing like Kelly Oubre. 
obviously the other risk here is that you're facilitating the the Suns getting good. You might be you might be making the Suns like a a truly competitive high level playoff team, maybe even with a better roster than you have all of a sudden because CP3 is just really really good. He just helps teams win. It's what he does. So there's a lot to risk here, but I like I like the idea. Uh, this is my this is the pipe dream I'm I'm selling you is that maybe the Blazers get in as a third team because if OKC doesn't want contracts and uh, Phoenix has to move s- some big money contracts to make it happen maybe maybe Wave Poppy Kelly Oubre could be the guy that's your pipe dream all right in the second segment let's narrow in on some more Blazers specific news from this week they got a new play by play man in the booth who's not even a new play by play man in the booth I'll tell you all about him and what I think about the hire in the second segment but before we get there I want to tell you all about Bilt Bar you know Bilt Bar It's the best tasting protein bar ever. That's it. That's the trick. They made a delicious tasting protein bar. It comes in 18 amazing flavors. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They got that candy bar-like texture. If you have dabbled in the world of protein bars in the past, you know that sometimes they can be chalky and dry and just gross. That's not what Built Bar is. Built Bar is delicious. They are not fooling around and neither am I. If that ain't enough for you, if a delicious candy bar-like protein bar ain't enough for you, what if I told you that they're also a wonderful option for the health conscious among us? They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. Take, for instance, Cherry Barcia. That bad boy's packed with 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and just 4 net carbs. Get your hands on these delicious bars by going to BuiltBar.com using the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON. For 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right. So we talked two big trades in the first segment. Russell Westbrook reportedly wants out. And OKC is shopping their Hall of Fame point guard, Chris Paul, to another Western Conference power, potentially. Two big names on the move. Neither of them are likely to impact the Blazers specifically in terms of people changing hands on their roster, but I gave you a thing to dream about. What if the Blazers snuck in and required a two-way valuable wing on this on this very roster? Well, if that happens, you would hear a new voice calling their highlights because the Blazers have hired Jordan Kent to be their new television play-by-play broadcaster. The team announced the hiring this week. Kent who filled in for Kevin Calabro, the now-departed Kevin Calabro, during the Orlando restart will begin his first full year when the season kicks off, December 22nd. If you are not familiar with Kent, he's the dude who wears a three-piece suit on the Blazers' pregame show, halftime show, and postgame show, and also hosts Blazers Trailblazers Courtside, I believe is the branding on that. But he's a, he's a guy who's been around... Uh, the game of basketball and Oregon sports scene forever. His dad, Ernie Kent, was the coach at uh, basketball coach at the University of Oregon, and Kent went to U of O and was just an insane athlete. He was on the men's basketball team, he was on the track team, he was on the football team. He spent three years in the NFL. I would, uh, my former colleague Mike Takito of the Oregonian pointed out that that Jordan Kent is one of the most athletic play-by-play announcers in in basketball that there's ever been. Obviously, a ton of great athletes have assumed the analyst role, but play-by-play duties going to someone as athletic as Jordan Kent, pretty rare. I'm not sure that him playing in the NFL is totally relevant, but this podcast has never shorted you on fun facts. Why would we do that now? 
So I think I owe you a take on this news. Uh, not because this podcast is sort of like riddled with hot takes. I mostly try to give you sort of a nuanced understanding of the world through the through a blazer's colored lens. But I think a hire like this deserves an opinion. You're going to hear this dude call 72 games and probably some playoff games for you. If, if he's in a long time role, he's going to be someone who's part of, you know, nine months of your year for an extended period of time. That voice matters. It's your connection to the team. I feel I really miss Brian Wheeler on radio calls because when I was first um, in the sports media business, I could I, I worked nights. I didn't have a lot of time to sit around in front of the TV. So I would when I'd be driving around to cover high school sporting events, I would listen to Wheels on the radio. He was a my real, real connection um, to Blazer games. He was the sort of the voice that guided me through my early years of moving to Oregon and, and, and following Blazer basketball. So, you know, these voices matter. And quite frankly, Jordan Kent is following a Hall of Famer. Kevin Calabro was an incredible voice and is a is um, a very big name in the sports broadcasting world, quite frankly. And Kent doesn't really have much background doing this. The first uh, live sporting events he had called prior to the bubble uh, games in Orlando were esports games. He worked for Nintendo. From what I read online, he's pretty good at those Nintendo calls. Haven't pulled those up, but I'll I'll trust the Reddit user that I saw. So, first of all, I, I do think that's going, I think, I think it's tough to follow a voice like Kevin Calabro. I think it's a really, really, really big seat to fill. But I will say this. I didn't know a Blazer television announcer prior to Mike Barrett. I wasn't, I didn't grow up here. So I don't, my connection to the team was, uh, I didn't grow up in Oregon. So my connection to the team, you know, was when I moved here 15 or so years ago. And Mike Barrett was the guy who was shepherding me through television broadcasts. And I grew to really enjoy Barrett's calls. I thought he was a, a, a pro. I thought he had a great cadence, great vocabulary, great voice. And when Kevin Calabro took over, I was like, yo, dude's got a golden voice, but he sucks. And he always confuses Al Farouk Aminu and Ed Davis. I can't handle it. And he doesn't have good chemistry with Lamar Hurd. I, I don't care for, K, for KC. I don't like him. And then after about a full season, I learned to love Calabro. I thought he was really good. Um, I thought it was quirky and weird and strange. And uh, I came to appreciate him as a really good announcer. He's also a good dude. Like I, I enjoyed just interacting with Kevin Calabro, but I enjoyed interacting with him before I thought he was a good television announcer. So with that said, I want to keep an open mind with Jordan Kent. I think adding a guy with really limited play-by-play experience to fill the shoes of Barrett and Calabro to follow in those footsteps is a daunting, daunting, daunting task. But I thought he had really good chemistry with Lamar Hurd um, in the bubble. I think they're like, you can tell they're genuinely friends. They genuinely get along. That'll help. Lamar is a really, really good analyst. He really understands the game. And I think if they develop further chemistry with Jordan Kent, he'll get better. And the more reps Kent has at it, he'll get better. He's got that deep baritone announcer voice. He'll be fine there. Uh, It's more about cadence and rhythm than vocabulary and switching up your reactions and being able to react and describe things on the fly. There's a lot of challenging parts of play-by-play and the way you get better at is doing it a lot. He's going to have to learn sort of in media race. He's going to have to learn on the on the job on the fly while covering NBA games while calling NBA games he'll have to learn how to do it so I'm going to keep an open mind with Jordan Kent I'm going to say that if I was someone who didn't really like Calabro to begin with and that dude is a legend that I should keep an open mind with someone who I don't really know anything about I know that Jordan Kent is a 
nice as hell, about as friendly as they come. And I know he loves three-piece suits. In fact, I thought he's uh, been really good on Blazers courtside a few times since he interviewed me. He's professional. He knows what he's doing. He, he's um, he's sharp and a good TV guy. Uh, that doesn't always carry over to play-by-play. That Those aren't the same skills. But he's a dude who's worked in TV for five years. Uh, he, I have faith that he'll get there. He's been around sports his whole life. Like I said, I'm going to keep open mind with Jordan Kent. I encourage you to as well. Also, if you're super hyped on Jordan Kent and you felt like I'm down on him here, that's not what I'm trying to convey. Uh, I thought he was pretty good in the bubble. I just, he just called eight games or whatever it was, 10 games. Like I, I don't, I don't have a good feel for him. Like he, I thought he was pretty good, but I don't, he wasn't in all those games. I don't remember something like super memorable that I could say, well, this is why I think he'll be awesome. Um, I think he was, you know, I think he has a pretty good chemistry with Lamar Hurd and I think he's 10 games into a, hopefully a long career as a play-by-play man in the league. So congratulations. I'm excited to uh, hear your calls and watch you grow into uh, into the role as, as the voice of the Trailblazers, television voice of the Trailblazers. So Jordan Kent is going to call the game. So he'll be the, te- the television voice of the Trailblazers. And that might matter to us a lot because it doesn't sound like there's going to be fans at the Moda Center when the season starts. You're going to hear a lot of Jordan Kent from your couch. That's what I want to talk about in the third segment. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listen to Locked On Blazers. I want to give a shout out to Dre Slaps for providing us the bumper music, intro, outro music. Get your boy up at Wow Slaps on Instagram or DreSlaps.com to check out more of his work. I haven't done that in a while, but support local musicians. Dre Slaps, Portland's own. So we talked about big names in the trade block. We talked about an announcer that's going to call a new announcer that's going to be the voice of the Trailblazers, and it's going to matter. Jordan Kent is going to matter for you, dear tra- dear Blazers fans, because the Moda Center is not going to have fans for the beginning of the season. The team announced in a press release on November 11th and I quote, after careful consideration and collaboration with the NBA and public health and state officials, fans will not be allowed in the Moda Center for the beginning of the NBA season. With health and safety as our number one priority, we will continue to evaluate a timeline for fans to return to the Moda Center, which has not been determined at this time. We will continue to take and lead, take the lead from the state and are optimistic that conditions will improve as the season moves forward. So I mentioned this in passing in a recent episode, but um this was inevitable, y'all. Like, it just sort of the the current rules in the state of Oregon and the current state of the coronavirus in America, as well as uh, case numbers in the state, there was no way things were going to change to allow fans in the stadium. However, the United States of America is very large, and its states have some independence in how they enforce laws and approach public health issues. So other NBA teams are going to have fans in the stands. It sounds like OKC, sounds like the Oklahoma City Thunder, beautiful downtown Oklahoma City are going to have fans in the stands. They released something basically saying like, here, you know, here are all our ideas. Uh, Shamstrani of The Athletic has released a bunch of stuff about how the NBA has given protocols for who can be in the stands? It sounds like mostly in suites, but if people are within 30 feet of the court, they have to take a coronavirus or they have to have passed a coronavirus test within the past 24 days. And all of these sort of public health thresholds or health thresholds, medical thresholds that that fans would have to uh, pass to get inside the stadium. 
This from the league that is incredibly obsessed with health optics. They really, 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 really touted how important and how safe they were in the bubble as a juxtaposition against the NHL and the NBA and Major League Baseball. But the reality is the NBA is going to play games outside of a bubble in local markets with travel that somewhat reflects normal travel. And if you have fans in the stadium, you have players traveling and going home and living their lives, people are going to get COVID. That sterling zero case mark is going to change. It's, people are Players are going to get it. We're a long way away from Rudy Gobert getting COVID-19 and the league immediately shutting down. Now the league seems to be saying, we're going to take all these precautions, but... If certain places want to put butts in seats and make a little bit of money, that's okay. And look, I know some of y'all listening are like, we should be allowed to go to Blazer games. Michael, you're an idiot. Fine. That's cool. But to me, you can't be both. You can't be the woke league that believes in this amazing public health experiment and, and really prides itself on keeping players safe and open up arenas and allow for regular travel and leagues and not expect there to be cases and there to be there to be issues with it. Perhaps I'm wrong. Perhaps by December 22nd, the world will look so different. But I'm recording this on November 11th, six weeks away from the start of the season. I can't imagine anything changing in that time that would be material enough to get us all, to get people into the arena in a safe way. You might disagree. You might think it's fine. And I allow you to disagree with me. That's that's a good thing. You can scream at me in your headphones right now. In fact, you can email me at lockedonblazerspot at gmail.com and even tell me I'm an idiot if you'd like. But I think the Blazers are doing the right thing because if the league cares about safety and if the league cares about keeping their players safe and keeping the staff around the team safe and et cetera, waiting to let fans in the stands has to be the priority. You can't cut it both ways. You can't be both the the super woke league that cares about public health and also the capitalists that need fans to run their machine. You can be either one, and that's fine. But you can't cut it both ways, and the Blazers haven't. They've just said, this is, this is the sort of climate of our specific state, and we are going to follow what is pretty much the norm here in Oregon and specifically in Portland. I can't speak to the rest of the state too well. So I guess my my hottest, most blazing take here is that you can't have it both ways and the Blazers have chose to err on the side of health as as opposed to err on the side of let's let fans in and hope it goes well. I think there's a scenario where fans are in the stands in in sometime in 2021. I don't think that's totally out of the question. Some portion of the arena with some group of fans are will be in there. But to think that in to look at what's happening in our country in terms of coronavirus right now and to look at the timeline when the league starts and say, yeah, let's let's open her up. To me, it seems irresponsible. So I guess I applaud the Blazers for being responsible and not apex capitalists. I've kind of banged on the team for being cheap over the last few months. So I'll say now, good good for them. Good for good for them for not prioritizing ticket sales over health of their team and employees and arena staff. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, we're a week away from the NBA draft, which means I got more draft profiles coming for you. Actually, today was supposed to be an NBA draft profile, but then the CP3 and Westbrook news came came out, and I, I wanted to talk to you all about that. Um, draft profiles can wait. Uh, if an if a all-star point guard and likely two Hall of Fame point guards get traded, we need to discuss it. 
So that's what we did. But I got a wonderful profile coming for you later this week. Check your feeds. More draft profiles leading up to the draft. It's here. Trade season is upon us. NBA draft season is upon us. The the league is going to change its shape. So make sure you follow Lockdown Blazers and tell your friends to do the same. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.